Sefer Shmot, Parshat Mishpatim on the Ethics of Debt. In Parshat Mishpatim, meaning laws, we see an explosion of moral revelation. We receive the Aserat Hadibrot, the Ten Commandments, in our previous Parsha. And now the Jews have entered into a new era and into a revelatory relationship with God. So in this Parsha, which consists almost entirely of laws, an immense amount of moral and justice-oriented teaching emerges. These laws, Mishpatim, deal with everything from the treatment and release of slaves to the punishments for murder, theft, and kidnapping to the prohibition of the oppression of strangers. This is so important it occurs twice in this Torah portion. To the care of widows and orphans and even laws about lending. The Torah here reads, Im kesef talvet et ami et ani imach lo lo kenoshet lo tisimun alav neshech. If you lend money to my people, to the poor among you, do not act toward them as a creditor. Exact no interest from them. This mitzvah, this commandment, prohibits charging ribit or interest to fellow Jews. In English, this is known as usury. Or the affirmative formulation of this mitzvah is that we have an obligation to make free loans. Rashi comments that the meaning here isn't really if you lend money, but when you lend money. He writes, im, meaning if. Rabbi Yishmael said whenever im or if occurs in scripture, it is used to describe an act the performance of which is optional, except in three instances of which this is one. So as an aside, I don't believe that it is unjust that Gentiles do not have to be offered free loans as receiving interest is not inherently immoral. Rather, not charging interest is an exceptional moral act reserved for family and community. The Torah teaches us that we need to be compassionate in the process of lending so that the dignity of the debtor remains intact. Our original Exodus passage on lending goes on. If you take your neighbor's garment in pledge, you must return it to him before the sun sets. It is his only clothing, the sole covering for his skin. In what else shall he sleep? Therefore, if he cries out to me, I will pay heed, for I am compassionate. Here we learn explicitly that we must act compassionately with a debtor because God, God's self, is compassionate. In doing so, we are acting God-like. In the Jewish tradition, in our Mesorah, an interest-free loan is one of the highest forms of monetary justice. Moses Maimonides, the Rambam, writes in his Mishnah Torah, there are eight levels of tzedakah, each one greater than the other. The greatest level, higher than all the rest, is to fortify a fellow Jew and give them a gift, a loan 
form with them a partnership or find work with them until they are strong enough so that they do not need to ask others. Rambam reaches this conclusion by interpreting a related Pusik in Leviticus, a verse in Vayikra as saying, hold your kinsmen up so that they will not fall and be in need. As with countless issues in the Torah, the application and implications of the anti-interest law becomes complicated in the practical world. The dignity of the poor, of course, must be given the utmost respect. And at the same time, there needs to be an incentive for a lender to make loans. In a more advanced economy, people have their whole livelihood through lending money, and people need loans to live self-sufficient lives. As a result, the rabbis created a workaround to the problem via the concept of a heter isker, or an exemption contract. A similar difficulty used, used to occur during the Shemitah, the sabbatical year. 5782, the year we are currently in, happens to be a Shemitah year. At the end of the Shemitah year, all debts between Jews were supposed to be forgiven. However, this caused problems in the time leading up to the scheduled debt cancellation, as it would be very unattractive for someone to give a loan that would be forgiven almost immediately. As a result, Rabbi Hillel, over 2,000 years ago, created the prisbol, a loophole, that allowed the lender to technically transfer the loan to a rabbinic court, allowing the poor to access the money they needed. The Mishnah relates in tractate Gittin, Mesechet Gittin, and Hillel instituted a document that prevents the sabbatical year from abrogating an outstanding debt for tikkun ha'olam, for the betterment of the world. So from the moral principles laid out in our Parsha, we can find several lessons about how we should be treating debtors in general and sometimes specific cases as well. For one, obviously the predatory lending and excessive interest rates that are all too common today cannot be reconciled with our Torah values. The Rambam sees Exodus's anti-interest law as a direct repudiation of predatory lending. He teaches, anyone who acts as a creditor towards the poor, when he knows that the debtor has nothing to repay, breaks a prohibitive commandment as it is written, you shall not act like an extortioner toward him. And the God who sought to protect people from unnecessary debt clearly would not approve of the crippling medical debt and student debt that currently plagues the United States. Americans currently owe $1.75 trillion in student loans. And according to a recent Stanford University study, about $140 billion in medical debt. Such financial burden is not just incredibly stressful and overbearing emotionally, it can also be debilitating to one's mobility in life. Now, to be sure, 
Creditors clearly have the right to the debts owed to them. A number of loans default, so there's risk to the creditor. And as the Jewish tradition has shown us, there needs to be some incentive for lenders to lend. At the same time, the dignity of all people, especially those most in need, must take priority. The Talmud lays out a basic system of priorities in lending. Yosef learned, when you lend money to my people, if the choices before you are a Jew and a non-Jew, a Jew has preference, the poor or the rich, the poor takes precedence. Your poor, your relatives, and the general poor of your town, your poor come first. The poor of your city and the poor of another town, the poor of your own town have priority. But there is a difficult paradigm to apply since it implies all factors are equal. But all factors are rarely equal. What if one's parent has a cold, but a stranger is in dire straits? What if one's neighbor has minor financial hardship, but someone on the other side of the world has a life or death need? We will need more tools to decide where to make our loans and how to prioritize. All of this, as in the days before Hillel created the principle, demands a solution. The conversations around medical and student debt cancellation are a good starting place, even if we have not yet found a policy that is both practical and just. Additionally, the government can provide access to more low interest loans, helping citizens avoid getting into insurmountable debt in the first place. In the Jewish world, Jewish Free Loan is an organization that as outlined in our Parsha, provides these types of interest-free loans. From the debt-related mitzvot and their interpretation throughout the generations, we learn that there needs to be a middle ground beyond the overly demanding standard of no one charging interest and on the other hand, a system that makes lenders unjustly wealthy at the expense of the most vulnerable. May we achieve this work together. Shabbat Shalom.